Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of the Good Morning Liberty podcast. My name is Nate, and with me, as always, is my BFF kind of Charlie Thompson. How's it going, man? (laughs) Just kind of today. Yeah. So weird that uh, this changes all the time. Well, you know, you got to be truthful and evaluate your friendship every few minutes. Every few minutes. Yeah. 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 So right now. Forget that daily business nonsense. No, I trade friendship on the one minute chart. Yeah. This is a constant fluctuation. That's how we do it for sure. What's the bid? Uh, Well, there's a lot of people stacked up on the bid right now. So you're pretty good. That's right. Anyway, just some inside baseball trading jargon there for you guys subscribe to the podcast as we've been saying phase one results have shown that this podcast cures socialism 99.97 percent of the time we are waiting on approval to move forward with phase two but we think we're very excited about that the outlook is up so far with this podcast so anyway if you want to get involved in that then hit that subscribe button hit follow hit whatever your gall darn google phone says maybe it's subscribe i don't know what it is but make sure you get our episodes sent directly to your phone every single day of the week when we want to which is most of the time yeah. except for charlie because he's gonna go play golf today we're still recording <clears throat> we are still doing an episode yeah, yeah. so we uh this is by the way Friday, it's kind of our thing on Friday now. I think we missed one Friday doing this, but it's the dumb bleep of the week. And we've only got a few tweet entries, a couple tweet entries. So far, this the, the <clears throat> latest couple Fridays seem to be taking the cake. Those are our biggest downloads. episodes. It's, yeah. Yeah. So I think I think people like the dumb bleep of the week. Uh we we have people vote on what was in fact the dumbest bleep of the week. I only found a couple, but then we have a couple news stories that can be pretty dumb along with that. It's like as people well. are attracted to <clears throat> to dumb, they're attracted to rioting and fires and Yeah. All kinds and, of stuff. You know, hot or not, like swipe left or right, like those on, types of things. On Thursday, we could do most tragic thing of the week, and we could talk about, you know, mm-hmm. the protests and riots or police brutality or whatever. You know, and Friday, we like to keep it light, talk about the dumb bleep of the week, and plus it rhymes, so you know it's true. You know, that's that, that's that's a rule. Does that rhyme? If it dumb bleep of the week, I mean, I said some of the same vowel sounds in there, so yeah, yeah. sure. Sure, it, it would does. work in a rap song. Is what you're saying? Yeah, I actually have a rap that I made for it, or a country song. Uh, that I'll be doing. You could do it in a country song if you wanted to, but yeah. I personally made a rap uh, that I'll be that I'll be posting later on in the Patreon group. No, I won't. I won't be doing that. But since Charlie has got other priorities, let's start running through some of this news. I always give you so much crap when you leave to go play golf. Yeah. So much. It's so what much a CEO, crap. It's what a CEO does. It, I mean, what yeah. else would you do? Would you rather me sit on the there's, couch? There's a pandemic. There's <laughs> rioting. And Charlie's playing golf. <laughs> would you, like, you want me to sit on the couch eating bonbons? That's what your normal job. Or, I don't know why you want to leave. Or out on the golf course. Did you run a out of stuff deal? on Netflix to watch, Mister CEO? <laughs> you run out of stuff. Uh, Come on. I just ran out of my patience in the market. Uh, all right, man. Tell me about what's going on there in Minneapolis. We'll do a, a little news recap for this. Obviously, things still going on there before we get on to the dumbest bleep of the week. Yeah, it doesn't uh, <clears throat> seem like Trump maybe he said the best thing yeah trump to, uh, today. trump kind of doing what doing what trump do yeah so 
I was very um, disappointed. Why would you be disappointed? That's not the right word. No. I was annoyed. I was very annoyed. He first came out and seemed, you know, supportive. Yeah. But of course, like we said, you can't really support setting fire to Target or AutoZone. Yeah. And looting, you know, like stealing a TV is not... That doesn't do George Floyd any justice. Like, oh, I stole a TV from this place. Now, Boom, I fought racism. Like, however, no, that's not it. They did set fire to the third precinct. They I don't did. Know if you saw that. They must have listened to the podcast I've, yesterday. I saw that last night. I saw it happening. And I was because I was on Twitter and I was like, oh my God, they, they did it. Yeah. <laughs> they did it. One thing I will say is, and this is, a, I don't know, it, I guess it's an uh, opportune time to say this. I, I say this lightly, but sort of an optimistic spin when it comes to liberty is you realize that the government actually doesn't have control. If the people <clears throat> really wanted to take control, they could because there's not enough officers. I mean, I was watching an interview earlier with Dave Smith. It was an older interview with it. Like New York city has 35,000 police officers. Now that seems like a lot, but New York City Metro, the area itself that 35,000 police officers police has like 20 million, 21 million people in it. In the whole in the whole area. In the whole yeah. area. So it's like what control do cops actually have? The government doesn't have it's it's literally like a probably a 20 to 1 ratio or more. <clears throat> probably more than that, 100 to 1 at least of people to officers and and, and look, in mass numbers you can't really control I'm not saying I condone burning down police precincts or anything like that. I do think that that's probably a better building. If you're going to, if you're going to make me choose between two buildings to burn like auto zone or the police precinct, it's probably going to be the police precinct. Like if I had yeah. to choose one of them, uh, cause they're that, I guess that's the precinct where that officer actually worked at. But, but, um, I also saw that, uh, Klobuchar mm-hmm. decided not to prosecute this guy. Back in like aught six. Now there's what I will say. I was reading up on that because I had the thing about Amy Klobuchar to put in the story today. And this is a, a little bit of uh, objectivism. This would be cool if, if everyone would learn from this. I looked up the story about Amy Klobuchar not prosecuting. Um, by the time this went to a grand jury, when this actually made it to a grand jury, the original case uh, with this police officer, she was no longer in that position anymore. She was gone. So by the time it actually got there, you know, there was an investigation and all that. And when when it actually went to a grand jury and nothing happened with it, she wasn't there anymore. Gotcha. So it's, you know, I'm sure she made plenty of mistakes and we disagree with her on a lot. But I do want to call it fair and say that she was not in that position when this actually went to the grand jury. Okay. So just wanted to clarify that. I think that is, that is fair. Yeah. Just completely fair. Just be completely fair and objective about that. I didn't dig too far into it. So, all right. This coming from NBC news, Trump's warning as Minneapolis burns over George Floyd's death quote, when the looting starts, the shooting starts. Like I said, it rhymes. Uh, So, you know, it's true. They're both verbs. They're both verbs. (laughs) As fire set by protest. (laughs) They are. Shake and bake. Shake and bake, baby. (laughs) As fires. All right. This is not funny. Let me restart because this isn't funny. Yeah. Uh, Trump's warning as Minneapolis burns over George Floyd's death. 
When the looting starts, the shooting starts. Gosh dang it. I can't. Mr. Producer, roll it back. It rhymes. All right. They're both verbs. <laughs> They're both God bless. All right. As fires set by protesters outrage over the death of George Floyd burned in Minneapolis early Friday, President Donald Trump warned. <laughs> I can't say it. When the looting starts, the shooting starts. He threatened to call in the National Guard, labeled the protesters demanding justice in Floyd's and custody death thugs, and criticized Mayor Jacob Fry for losing control over the city. <clears throat> now, what is he supposed to do? What is the mayor supposed the mayor? to do? Yeah. Now, the governor already called in the National Guard. Like, what is the mayor actually supposed to do? You know, he told his probably told his police officers, like, tuck tail and run. It's probably time to get out of here because things aren't looking so good for you. All right. Quote, any difficulty and we will assume control. But when the looting starts, the shooting starts. Trump tweeted hours later, Twitter added a public interest notice to the president's tweet. Quote, this tweet violates our policies regarding the glorification of violence based on the historical context of the last line, its connection to violence, and the risk it could inspire similar actions today. That And that is a terrible thing for the president to say, anyone to say, really. Like, again, stealing is wrong, but I don't think it warrants a death sentence. Yeah. Like looting, setting fires, arson, those types of things. It doesn't warrant for you to start mowing down citizens. You have to find a way to gain control in a peaceful way. On Thursday, like the, Minneapolis isn't a war zone. It looks like one, but it's not. It looks really bad. On Thursday, the third night of demonstration, protesters focused their ire on the police department's third precinct, the base for four officers involved in the incident who were fired after Floyd's death. The precinct station house fire, which was one of several burning in Minneapolis, spread to the interior. Police cleared the building shortly after 10 p.m. when demonstrators forcibly entered the, and ignited several fires, Dem, uh, department spokesman John Elder said. Um, I was watching that video. I mean, as the police were leaving in their cars, they were just throwing all kinds of stuff at them, busting out the windows <clears> of the <throat> cop cars. And it's a wonder they didn't start shooting. I mean, they, they shoot for far less things than that. The Minnesota Guard said on Twitter that 500 soldier, soldiers have been activated for duty in the Twin Cities. Our mission is to protect life, preserve property, and the right to peaceful, peacefully demonstrate. Protesters are demanding that officers involved in Floyd's arrest be charged. Looting and fires have been widespread in the area where Floyd died Monday. Quote, these thugs are dishonoring the memory of George Floyd, and I won't let that happen. Trump tweeted. Frey responded early Friday saying weakness is pointing your finger at somebody else during a time of crisis. Donald Trump knows nothing about the strength of Minneapolis. So I don't think using thugs or saying if the looting starts to shoot, I don't think those are the right things to say during no, this time. No. Now they, there obviously needs to be some type of peace kept, but why, what is the holdup on charging? Like if you charge the officers, this problem goes away, I think. And what's the holdup? Because we saw, we now see, and I was listening to the Stapleton episode yesterday, I believe when, it, when all this first came out, and I have to say, I, I disagree with him a lot. Now, of course, he was saying, hey, we can't speculate because we don't have all the evidence. Like, we've only seen a few short clips of videos. Yes, the officer shouldn't have held his knee for that long on the guy's neck, but we don't know what happened prior. And which is partially true. I think I hear something playing. Yeah, sorry. I had um, something opened up in here. My which, bad. Which is partially true. But now the evidence came out yesterday. There's a security camera footage from a business nearby. That shows that 
Floyd got out of his car and yeah, he was a little like, he wasn't combative, but he wasn't, he wasn't necessarily resisting arrest. He was just kind of like, like what, why are you doing this? This was his body language. He's kind of just like, you know, it, it wasn't like he was flailing fists. He didn't have any weapons. He wasn't trying to run. It wasn't anything crazy that would warrant sticking your knee on a guy's neck for over 10 minutes to hold yeah. him down. There was nothing to warrant that. And so now that the evidence is out, what's, what is the holdup? I get investigations take a while, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But what's the holdup on this thing? So I looked up, by the way, the historical significance of uh, when the looting starts, the shooting starts, because uh, that was something that Twitter said. I can't remember how they worded it in here, but it, uh, let me see what they said real quick. Where is it that they said it violates our policies regarding glorification of violence based on the historical context of the last line? So I want to look that up and see what's the historical context of that and just see what it is that they're talking about. So what I'm finding from this, it says the phrase was used by Miami's police chief, Walter Headley, in 1967 when he addressed his department's crackdown on slum hoodlums, <clears throat> according to a United Press International article from that time. Uh, it says Headley, who was chief of police in Miami for 20 years, said that law enforcement was going after, quote, young hoodlums from 15 to 21 who had taken advantage of the civil rights campaign. We don't mind being accused of police brutality. Uh, says Miami hadn't faced any racial disturbances and looting, Headley added, but he let word filter down that when the looting starts, the shooting starts. Uh, says the phrase considered to have contributed to the city's race riots in the late 1960s. So apparently that is what they're pinpointing as the historical significance of that line uh, mm -hmm. is, is coming from that. Uh, because, you know, I guess it comes out, you know, coming out of the civil rights era. Uh, it's just, it was a really stupid thing for Trump to say. Uh, there's nothing good from that at all. Like making threats from Twitter uh, that you're going to start shooting people that are, that are looting that, you know, there's nothing good from that. Right. And then of course, using the word thug, listen, um, Thug, which, by the way, because I just wanted to know what the actual definition of of the word thug was. Now, I saw some stuff on our Facebook page where someone said uh, something about these thugs uh, yesterday that were doing this. Now, this is, of course, uh, this has turned into kind of a, I guess, what can be turned into a racial slur. Um, I, I think it always depends on what the actual context of a situation is but there's really nothing in that in that definition that says anything about that i mean the actual definition of thug is a violent person especially a criminal like the like that's that's the the first thing um and then if you look at what i wanted to see was well let's look at the urban dictionary and see what the definition for thug is Says a thug is typically referred to as a male or female who commits crimes for personal gain through stealing, selling drugs, but especially violent crimes such as robbery and assault. And and that's it. But it's a really stupid, uh, terrible thing to say for that's the president. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's stupid. It's stupid for it's, him to say it. And like I Which said, is not like, surprising. Like, why am I disappointed? Like yeah. th he does this all the time. You know, th this is just this is typically what he's doing all the time. But what what just a complete boneheaded, ridiculously stupid thing to say. Like 
if you're someone who's accused of being racist all the time, of being involved with with a uh, you know white supremacist or or whatever, like calling the people thugs, it, you've got to be like surely you can't actually be that stupid. I, I I would hope that you can't actually be that stupid. Yeah, but all things are possible, you know. So especially with Trump's Twitter, <clears throat> especially with Trump's Twitter, there's really no reason to assume. Uh, that he wouldn't be saying stupid things, I guess. So I don't well, know. And so, you know, you have to realize too, this is built on years of things happening. So the Eric Garner <clears throat> case, for instance, um, that was the one who died in New York, right? For selling loose cigarettes. Eric Garner. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, an obvious thing where the police should have been charged and they weren't. Okay. The kid that got killed um, in, uh, was it Alabama or Georgia by the former, former, a police officer that he was taking a jog. The or, thing that just like, happened. Yes. That just happened, right. Yeah. And so these types of things. Um, and if you look at the actual, the, the actual statistics of it. Now I realize that on average, um, the black population does commit more violent crimes according to their population density. So if you look at it, by the fact that there are 13, 13 to 14 million black Americans that um, they make up about, I'm sorry, there's more than that, but uh, they make up about 13% of the population. Okay. Now they do, they, in totality, they commit fewer crimes, but uh, in relevance to their percentage of population, it's a little bit higher. What about I would rather four, s- about four to five times higher, but here's the thing. The, um, the shootings of police officers. Yes. The totality of white people that are killed by police officers is higher. However, if when you adjust it for population density, it's four to five times higher for black Americans because they only make up 13% of the population, 13 to 14%. And so, but then you, you have can, to mix in what your percentage of the violent crime is at that well, time. So, and then you also have to mix in the but, percentage of what amount of nonviolent crime. Yeah. See, that's the thing. I don't want to see. I'd rather look at the crime statistics because I know I've seen it broken down by race and what percentage of violent crime are committed. I'd rather see it based in economic terms because I think that's what it actually stems from or is your economic standing. Right. Uh, Not there's like I'm not saying that black people have a higher possibility of being violent criminals. I think people in general who have a lower economic status are going to be more likely to be criminals in some kind of a way. Yes. And if there is a situation where we have minorities who are generally in a lower economic status than non-minorities, then you are going to end up with more violent criminals per capita in that kind of way. Like, I, I just don't really like it broken down into different races like that because then that attributes those characteristics to those different groups of people, you know? Well, and, it, and that's true. My, my uh, girlfriend, as I mentioned, is an ER nurse in, um, in a low income neighborhood of Nashville. And it's all the same. It's, it has nothing to do with race. Actually. It's everybody from a certain income level from a certain economical uh, economic status. They're all, they're all entitled and, treat her terribly, even though she's there to save their life. (laughs) And so it doesn't matter what race they are. It's like, you can tell by the economic status and those that's the actual, and and this is why we preach about liberty and freedom and responsibility so much, because as you move up the ladder, you're less likely to commit crime. 
It's just the way it goes because your back's less up against the wall, so to speak. Now, Austin is, uh, we have a live questions here. Austin is wondering why would an officer do this? He thinks that there's a potentially a reason there has to be a reason. And I will say, I don't, I understand that there are certain techniques that officers can use um, when somebody is being non-compliant. But if you go watch the videos, it's in plain evidence. You can see the security footage. You can see the bystanders footage. There's all kinds of videos out there. There is, since the evidence is out there now, there's literally no excuse for him to keep his knee on his neck for that long a period of time. I think, I think a lot of officers have a lot of pent up aggression. And like I said, like, I can't tell you that this police officer is a is a vicious racist. Like I, I can't tell you that. I don't know anything about the guy whatsoever. What I do think is the is the most likely thing is that a lot of these officers walk around mad all day because they're out hunting people throughout the entire day. And I I think that that is how they walk around. And when they get the opportunity to use force in some kind of a way. I think that they they let it go too far and they want to show that they have control. They want to exert control. They end up taking up taking out all types of hatred and and anger that they have out on whatever person they happen to have pinned down on the ground. You know, I I think you see that. Now, that the the guy might very well be just a, a vicious racist. I'm not saying that that's not the reason, but my number one thing would be to say that I think people the you know, tyrants going to tyrant Mm -hmm. And I think that when people have the opportunity to exert control over someone and there are rarely any consequences to these actions, like some of the people are saying in, in the in the live group, there's rarely any consequences to doing this, then that's what's going to happen. And you might see a situation where more people who are prone to that might gravitate towards those fields. I'm not saying that about all police officers at all. No, I'm not, but on a statistical basis, just like we see people who want power gravitate towards political positions and the people who are, you know, the worst maybe will, will be the ones eventually at the standard deviations furthest out will be the ones that rise to the top. You might also see that statistic in police officers where the people who typically want the most control or want to exert control over something, you might get a higher statistical probability of those people being police officers i don't i don't know um i i you know i don't know how to stop this other than making sure that this guy uh, goes to court gets charged with murder uh that the people that were there very potential case for the other police officers to also be charged with murder and we had the case it was uh in alabama or georgia where the nathaniel woods uh was put to death and they knew he didn't kill anyone. They knew he didn't kill any right. cops. Like literally. The DNA evidence the guy, came back and, the, was, and he was. No, it was. They, they knew it the whole time. It was his friend that killed it. They put him. The, they, oh, that's right. They charged yeah, right. both of them because he was there when it happened and he ran off. And, and one of the officers, I believe, got killed or, or maybe multiple. I can't remember the case specifically. And he was charged with murder and he was put to death. So. How do you make the case that the other officers that were just standing there, like if you're going to say that this officer should be charged with murder, then how do you say that the other officers that were standing there would not also be charged with murder? I mean, literally, we just gave a guy the death penalty. Yeah. That everyone, like it was clear. There's no dispute whether or not he killed anyone. They all know he didn't. He didn't. He, he didn't. He was there. That, that's it. And so 
there's a clear case for these officers. Now, we don't support the death penalty. But as, as Jeff said, the actual killer is still in prison. Yeah, the, act, the actual killer is still there. Yeah. And, and, and this guy's already been put to death. And the, so there's a clear case for these guys to get to, uh, to be charged with murder as well. And Austin's saying here, he's like, I agree with that part to be sure, but I struggle to accept the idea that an officer wants to hurt somebody. Most officers don't. Yeah, I don't think most of them yeah, do. Most of them I'm don't. I'm just saying at all. there's a higher, like, if you're going to take a sample size of people uh, and you're looking for outliers where, where people are likely to do that, you might get more people that will gravitate towards those positions. Uh, and then, like I said, they walk around, you know, they deal with just terrible stuff all day. Listen, if you're a police officer, like, I, I have never felt hatred towards it, but like, if you think about what a police officer has to deal now, let's not just talk about them hunting for drugs all day because, you know, I'm sorry, but like, good Lord, you know how many like accidents they have to show up to where like, there's a, there's a dead body somewhere. Someone just got thrown from a vehicle. Someone just got murdered. Like I always thought, you know, when a cop came up to my window and was upset with me for running a stoplight or something, I'm like, Oh, I'm sorry, officer. Like, why would he feel bad for me? Like he literally just helped someone get scraped off the pavement. Sorry. Uh, uh, you know, like he's, he's going to write you a ticket. Like, can you imagine the things that they see on a daily basis? Right. And they're generally dealing with people who are belligerent or who are upset with them in some kind of way. A lot of times, rightfully so, you know, like, why are you hunting me down? Because I had a plant, you know? But I'm just saying they, they deal with so much negativity on a daily basis. I think a lot of these guys are just ready to pop. And so you have that statistical likelihood that a few of them are going to pop every once in a while. Right. And I'm not not condoning it. I'm not, not making an excuse for it. I just think that there's a good I think that the statistical likelihood that there one of them is going to pop is higher. Well, and then you also have to realize, like, we don't live in a perfect world, so in the case where most police officers are probably good, you're going to have a few bad ones, but it's also, there's a few things that, uh, you know, judge Napolitano would talk about, uh, which is libido dominante, like the lust for power, the lust to dominate. Some people have that. Like, I don't know this guy's mm -hmm. personality type. I don't know what, you know, his Enneagram scale is. I don't know any of that. However, he could have been someone because he has prior uh, offenses against him or prior complaints against him. Uh, he could have been someone that in, enjoyed wielding power over other people. He enjoyed that small position of power. I don't know that for sure, but to answer the question of, you know, I, there must have been a reason that the cop did this. I can't see cops wanting to hurt people. The answer to that is, is that there are some cops that do want to hurt people. Yeah. Like that's a possibility that we have to be aware of. And when they do, when we find those, the, the good cops have to come out against them and they need to be brought to justice. Well, if there's a statistical likelihood that like not all human beings are murderers, but some of them are. And so you have to also apply that to even people who become police officers. Right. Like the, just because you put on a badge you, and a uniform doesn't yeah, make you it doesn't make you any you, different of a human being. It's like, oh, well, I'm a cop. I don't break the law yeah. anymore. <laughs> now, maybe you're more courageous. You're putting your life on the line all the time. You might get a higher statistical likelihood of of good people who want to help that go into that line of work. But if a certain percentage of human beings are people who want to hurt other people, then you could also assume that a certain percentage of human beings in certain occupations are also people who want to hurt other people. Yeah. And most cops 
probably do not want to hurt other people, but some of them probably do. Yeah. And we see what the some of them do on on the news yes. all, uh, all the time. Now, you know, Austin, there's there's tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of police officers in the country. And 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 we can name, you know, like we could probably go through a list of of 50 of them that have done something really, really terrible, uh, like that we've seen on the news in in the last 10 years or whatever. And there's a like I said, it's just a to me, it's an odds thing. There's a certain percentage of people who are going to do bad things now in Austin. So Austin is bringing up a really good point here to get down to the bottom of all of this. Right. He says, I guess I'm just bothered that we blame this one officer. He was wrong completely. However, the system is built to allow him to be there. Tear the system down. And this is ultimately the the root cause of the problem. Right. Yeah. The, the entire root cause of the problem is that. What I'm hearing now is it was a counterfeit $20 bill. It's what I'm hearing now, not a bad check. That's a, another report. I, I haven't confirmed any of these, but whether it's a bad check or $20, fake $20 bill, whatever. The problem is, is that we have this notion where uh, we call the cops and they come rushing in and they want to arrest somebody and get them on the ground and maybe throw a few punches in because they've had a bad day or whatever it may the case may be. Um, and you, I mean, you hear this from other officers. They enjoy some of them enjoy taking their frustrations out on citizens, um, whatever, whatever the case may be. Whereas in reality, the power structure of police shouldn't exist to that extent for something as to me, as measly as a counterfeit $20 bill is you would present a case, uh, to get your money back. Yeah. It's like, in essence, the guy stole 14, $15 from you. Like, sure he's using counterfeit money but at the same time because you can't use that money now so what did he buy like and i guess he sold twenty dollars from you because if you if he gave you the 20 and you gave him the products and the change he sold twenty dollars from you there should be a better system set up for for arbitration than calling the cops because somebody stole twenty dollars from you yeah it's, it's the only thing I can come up with on this is something we've said plenty of times. I think that uh, the amount of laws that the police officers are trying to enforce has to be decreased. I think that, like we said plenty of times, uh, we can make the case for drug laws and selling loose cigarettes and things like that. And that would take out a lot of these problems. And maybe all the time that this guy had spent hunting down people who had plants on them or, or whatever uh, would have if that wouldn't have existed, maybe his frustration level would have been to a point where he wouldn't have tried to take it out over this one thing. And that could have pre prevented this issue also. Um, Sam said <clears throat> a good thing in here. He said, we know why cops have statistically higher rate of mistakes made on the job. They're government employees. They work on stolen money, no incentive to be efficient or accurate. And that's true. I mean, you're really left with hoping that cops are virtuous people. And, and that's really it. And that's always the case when you have some type of government power. You're left with hoping that you have virtuous people there. And that's why I said, that, you know, the only thing I can think, number one, decrease the amount of laws they're trying to enforce all the time so they're not, uh, they're not working at such high frustration levels over chasing down drug dealers or whatever all the mm -hmm. time. And then you've also got to make sure that things like this are held accountable. Like this needs to be treated treated like a normal murder case and the fact that the guy's a police officer has no bearing on it whatsoever. Did you have a video of a guy who held another guy down and choked him to death 
Yes, you do. Okay, well, that guy murdered that guy. It needs to be treated like that. And police officers need to know that. And this is going to have to go into uh, training. They're going to have to do a better job at making sure that people stay level-headed. And, you know, it's a it's a delicate situation. And it's like, I can't promise you that we have if we have private police everywhere, that none of them would ever take out some kind of frustration that they yeah. had on someone. Like, I, I can't make that promise. Well, look, it's, it's like when we talk about foreign wars, you know, like if Trump or Obama or the president, whoever the president was at the time, uh, sent a drone strike that killed my son, I guarantee you I'm joining the opposition <laughs> against whoever authorized that. Yeah. So it's like for 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 the people that feel um, for the people that feel despair and hopeless in these types of things, like they, they feel like their backs are up against the wall. Now, a lot of these people that are rioting are opportunists. Mm -hmm. Of course, they're coming from out of state. They see an opportunity to, to commit violence, commit crime without any repercussions. And so they're going to go do it. Um, but the, for the people that actually really feel the pain, you know what it's like if you have kids, like if anybody were to do that to your kid, like every, it would take everything in you not to try and seek justice, even if it is vigilante justice yeah, in whatever shape or form, you know, like I'll burn the whole city down trying to find the person who killed my kid. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you have to, you have to empathize with that and be like, okay, I understand that because man, if that happened to Parker, I'd be right there with you. Like, I'd hope you join me too. You know what I mean? So it's like, those are, those are the tough things to get around in this situation because I can completely empathize with these, with, with the people's feelings in Minneapolis. And I can also discard the opportunists. And I think both things can be correct. You can be against the death of George Floyd. You can be against police brutality and you can also be against looting and setting fires to businesses that didn't have anything to do with it. Yeah. Both of those stances are okay. Um, you, because you're against looting and stealing and setting fires to buildings that had nothing to do with it, um, does not mean that you're not supporting those who are hurting because of what happened to a, let's say a relatively innocent person. <laughs> like, sure. He might've been guilty of fraud, but was his crime so great as no. to warrant a death sentence? And the answer to that is no. And actually we believe the answer is always no. The death sentence is never okay. Um, because it's a, it's a human life that should be valued and we should hold people accountable that don't uphold that value, especially those that swear an oath to uphold and protect and serve life, liberty, life, liberty. That life liberty is really liberty, important. Liberty, 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 life, liberty and property. So, um, and, and to wrap all this up, I think, you know, this could qualify as dumb bleep of the week. It Trump's tweet. Oh yeah. Like, there's no True. reason. There's no reason for you to tweet that when the looting starts, the shooting starts. We'll put, there's, well, that's a number one dumb bleep of the week. That's entry. Number one. Good. Good point. Yeah, for sure. So that, that was dumb bleep of the week. Number one. So we'll, we'll continue here. Now, this is a to what has now uh, lighthearted. We'll talk about economics here for a second, a more lighthearted conversation. Yeah. With our daily Musk, this is one of those things that drive... I hope you guys like listening to things that drive me nuts, because this is one of them. Tesla's Elon Musk earns... Did, what? Did he finally get paid? Let me tell you. Uh-oh. 
Tesla's Elon Musk earns $770 million in stock options, the company confirms. Now, if you remember us talking about, I believe it was 2018, if you were to look at the Forbes highest paid CEOs, they would have Elon Musk on that list. And they would say that he made $2.1 billion and that he was the highest paid CEO by far. When I saw that immediately, I was like, holy crap, that's insane. But then when you looked into it, you saw that Elon Musk actually did not get paid any money. And in fact, he has not been paid any money from Tesla. And it has always been contingent on the fact that he was able to get Tesla to probability to profitability, uh, that their total market value would be at least $100 billion, and all these contingencies on him actually being able to make this money. But the problem is, we're, we're double counting something that still hasn't happened, by the way, because already in, already in 2018, you would be left with the idea that he was paid $2 billion by Tesla, which he was not. This is part of that $2 billion right now, the mm-hmm. $770 million, This is the first chunk of it. But, but wait, before you decide on that. All right, so it's been quite a week for Tesla's CEO, Elon Musk. The week in which his aerospace company SpaceX is scheduled to make history with the company's first manned rocket launch, Musk also saw his net worth soar. I also need to stop you there because I've been seeing this thing on Twitter and other places that people are upset about calling it a manned rocket launch. <clears throat> they want to change it to crude. It's a crude rocket launch, C-R-E-W-E-D, because manned is too gender specific. There are two men in the rocket. Yeah, yeah like, but we don't want to call it okay. manned. I saw this whole thing God about bless. it, and I was just like, "It, Karen, mm. is that really something to complain about right now? Like, oh, Minneapolis man. is on fire. We're about to send two guys into space, and you're going to complain that the fact that we've used manned space shuttles, we've used that term for how long now? Now, I'm not, like, I'm not saying that you should be purposefully offensive, but there's also nothing wrong with saying manned rocket launch. Yeah. Nothing wrong with it, Karen. Like we're we're so we're eat, humans. Eat your oats and your and your avocado toast. <laughs> Drink your Starbucks. Drink your Starbucks and shut the <laughs> hell up. Okay. Space there's, And there's two men on it. So it's a, it's a manned rocket launch. <laughs> SpaceX's first launch attempt on Wednesday was postponed due to the bad weather. It has been rescheduled for Saturday. To cushion the blow from that delay, Tesla confirmed Thursday that Musk will get the first payout worth nearly $770 million of his stock-based compensation package. And no, that's not actually, he's not getting cash, by the way. No, the company hit several financial goals to nail it down, including hitting $20 billion in total revenue for four quarters and a total market value of $100 billion. The payout was confirmed by filing with the SEC. The filing says Musk can buy 1.69 million shares of Tesla stock for $350.02 each. So the payout is based on the difference between the option price and Thursday's closing share price of 805.81. Now so Musk was just options. He was just options trading. Yeah, that's all, <laughs> that's he, all is. he was doing. So just so you guys know what an option is, to make it super simple, an option means that you have the right to buy a certain amount of shares of this stock at a certain price at a certain time. Now that's the important part there. So also at a certain time. So what it is, let's just say you have an options contract and it says that you have the right to buy this many shares at $350 per share. Now, if the share price is actually at $500 per share at that time, then you get to buy 
1.69 million shares at 350 bucks a piece. And then you can then flip and sell those for a profit because you bought them at a massive discount. So that's kind of what, what options trading is. But there's also a time thing. So it says Musk earned the options as part of an audacious compensation package approved by the board in 2018. And at the very end of the article, underneath a bunch more ads, I found one more line. I found one more line at the end of the article. The shares must be held for a minimum of five years. So he can't even cash he in. He still right can't now. get the seven hundred seventy million. Right. So the very last line of the article is the shares must be held for a minimum of five years. So just so you guys know, Musk did not get paid out seven hundred seventy million dollars. Now, if he maintains the stock price for five years, then yes, that is what that will be valued. But he has to maintain that stock price. He has to make sure it actually stays above three fifty. And it's going to cost him five hundred ninety-one million five hundred thirty-three thousand eight hundred dollars to buy the stock. He's going to have, yeah. He's going to have a half a billion, a, a six hundred million dollar position basically. What happens if Tesla tanks and it goes below three hundred fifty dollars a share? Yeah, he'll be screwed. Well, then he'll he actually loses money. Yeah, he hasn't. It within five years if it goes below three fifty. As long as they don't do a split um, and it goes below 350, then he actually loses money. He made no money being CEO for Tesla. So it's like there's no he didn't make any. He hasn't made anything. He still hasn't been paid. But now we're already double counting money that he hasn't been paid because they're like if you're someone who's accruing this in your brain, we're like, oh, he got paid two billion, two point seven billion paid two billion in twenty eighteen. And he just got paid almost a billion dollars right now. Like, no, he still has not been paid anything from it anything zero this money the money in 2018 none of it and that's always important like in if you've got ownership of a company and this is what people are saying your net worth is you don't ever make any money until you actually sell the shares all right and the company could go to zero and and this could be completely worthless so it's like this is this is important you see aaron's comment in there yes yeah it was good (laughs) Aaron said, like the great Neil Armstrong said, one small step for crew person, one giant leap for personhood. That's, that's, <laughs> that's why they should change it, because that's what he said a long time ago. <laughs> oh, man. The, All right. the, the other crazy thing is uh, now what I can say is obviously Elon Musk can borrow against this. this oh, is, yeah. This is a massive asset. Like he could have whatever cash he wanted. If he went to a bank and was like, hey, I could have a million dollars. They'd be like, well, what are you worth? Like, well, I've got about, uh, I've got about one point five billion dollars worth of Tesla stock. That's what it's worth. They'd be like, okay, we'll give you a million. They give you a line of credit, and this yeah. is what people do. This is what Mark Zuckerberg does. Exactly. To, to they do this, by the way, to escape paying income taxes and capital gains taxes and right. things like that. They'll say, oh, I've got twenty five billion dollars worth of shares, and the bank is like, well, we'll extend you a, a five billion dollar line of credit with a with a four percent interest rate on the line of credit, and here you go. And then they just live off of that. Right. And you don't have to pay taxes on the money because it was a line of credit that, that you were using instead. So that, you know, there's always ways to to get around all this stuff. Well, you eventually, so, have, you do eventually have to pay taxes to pay the loan off. Well, when, yeah. you're, when you're actually paying it back, like right. obviously the line of credit has to be paid back right. when you take the money. But I'm just saying that's the kind of things they'll do to not live off yeah, of the they'll, actual they'll money. Set up, uh, they'll set up uh, nonprofits and all yeah, kinds of stuff. Of course. Yeah, but you should pay more. Yeah. That's the problem. You should pay more taxes because we've already got to figure it figured out. We don't care what it goes to. Yeah. <laughs> it's, 
You can make it 100%. We don't give a shit. All right. Let's run through this dumb bleep of the week because Charlie's got to go. He's got to go here soon. There were other things in this live group that were hilarious. I know. We're not going to put it on the podcast, though. It's been on it today. If you want to be part of what's going on in the live group, then you need to go to patreon.com slash goodmorningliberty, patreon.com slash goodmorningliberty. For as little as five bucks a month, you get access to all this hilarious stuff. Some of the stuff that we can't even mention on the podcast, uh, even though it's (laughs) it's really funny. Super funny. Can uh, I go ahead and run me through AOC's tweet real quick? Oh, God, I saw this and just laughed so hard. So hard. So there's actually a a thread of tweets by AOC, but this one really struck me. She was replying to someone, um, and it's about wage theft. She was replying to someone that said, my job made servers roll silverware off the clock. And so AOC quotes that tweet, and she goes, I'm curious. How has wage theft shown up in your life? Have you ever had an employer steal your wages? And then she uh, qualified the statement by saying wage theft isn't just not receiving a check. It's being forced to do work off the clock, not being paid for overtime, being denied breaks, etc. Share your stories below. Now, of course, if you go look at this thread, she is just completely ripped apart. And Nate, you had a great, great response to her, which was, uh, I believe I said that the IRS has been stealing money uh, has, has been, been stealing, stealing your wages has been stealing my wages since I first started working yes. is what I said. Yeah. So yes, when she says, I'm curious, how has wage theft shown up in your life? Um, I don't know. You forcefully take a percentage of my income at right. all times without my permission. Um, how about that? Is that not, is that not wage theft? That was the literal definition of wage theft. Yes. Like literally you take from my wages without my permission and they don't hide it from you either it's marked <laughs> it's out on right your there. check yeah theft just says <laughs> it right there theft yeah okay and so, they spell it f-i-c-a yeah exactly yeah. it's a weird spelling for it's theft. t-a-x-e-s and uh, and that's how you spell theft yeah <laughs> that'd be a good t-shirt or something in some kind of way t-a-x-e-s spells theft yes exactly <laughs> that's a good one now so one thing i wanted to say i don't agree by the way with server the person said my work was making servers roll silverware off the clock now if you have an hourly position somewhere i actually do not agree i was a server for a long time i actually don't agree with having your employees uh do something at the business uh requiring them to do something and not having them on the clock yeah like if you own the business or you're doing something like that, like, sure, like everything you do is off the clock. Your whole life is working for this business. You do stuff off the clock and, and outside of hours all the time. But if you don't own the business, I do not agree with a, with someone forcing you to roll silverware without being clocked in. Like that's part of your job. It's part of your silverware contract. Silverware needs to be rolled. A cook might need to prep the kitchen. Someone else, a server might need to roll silverware, a hostess or host might need to, you know, clean off the menus or something like that. Like those are parts <laughs> of the job. And the, so the bussers stand around, they might need to stand around. Yeah. And, and so <laughs> the, 
there's all kinds of things that are part of that job. And so I don't agree with a restaurant making you do that and not letting you be clocked in. In fact, I've worked somewhere where they made you do that. And I did not agree with I that. I don't even agree with them time. forcing you to tip people out. No, like, no. What if, what if I don't want that busser guy to bust my tables for me? What if he did a terrible what job? What if he did a terrible night? job? Why am I forced to tip him out a certain percentage? Yeah. So you can pay him less? So, so yeah, I don't agree with those types of things. However, it, you know, that that doesn't even compare to no. the direct theft. I mean, you can quit your job and go work somewhere else where they don't force you to do that. You cannot quit your job and go work somewhere where the government doesn't steal money out of your paycheck without risking going to prison. You cannot work, like, collect unemployment, and just don't pay taxes. You can collect money out of other people's paychecks. <laughs> right. Like, you you can become the wage thief right. <laughs> at right. that time. So Those no people offense. might have it figured out. I yeah, don't maybe know. Maybe that is. Be the wage thief. <laughs> there you go. That's the new it's the new leftist hat. <laughs> Those that don't have have less, as my daddy always said. That's like my grandpa used to tell me. Yeah, All sure right, did, man. So that's entry number two for Dumb Bleep of the Week. And the last entry right here is from none other than Warden oh, Warren. Oh, this was so good, Warden too. Warren, who said, now she's tweeting something. Uh, this is from CNBC, uh, Mark Zuckerberg saying that social networks uh, should not be fact-checking because basically what he said was, I'm not the arbiter of truth. I'm not going to decide what is or is not. Zuckerberg's basically saying, like, Hands off. This is not for me to decide. Wow. Imagine that. Now, they've got independent fact checkers and I have seen, you know, fact checks applied to different articles and uh -huh. things. Uh, so, you know, he's kind of halfway, you know, he's toting a line here saying he doesn't want to do it while Facebook also does do that. But Elizabeth Warren's tweet was funny. She said, Zuckerberg went on Fox News, a hate for profit machine that gives... <laughs> That, that gives a megaphone to racist and conspiracy theorists. Has she ever been on Fox News? <laughs> to like, I need to look this like, up. Finish this up. Racist and conspiracy theorists. Like, what, conspiracy is like the fact that the Russia was behind Trump getting elected? Something like that. To talk about how social media platforms should essentially allow politicians to lie without consequences. This is eroding our democracy. Now, follow one more time the point that she made is that Zuckerberg went on Fox News to talk about how social media should allow politicians to lie without consequences. Coming from a woman who lied about being a Native American so she could do better on her bills and she could get certain jobs, things like that. Someone who literally lies for a living. You could look through most of the things that she posts and being a lie all the time. Now, she would not want these rules applied to her whatsoever, not objectively, not not actually applied to her. It is insane to hear her talk about how social media is going to allow politicians to lie without consequences. That's, that's completely insane coming from Elizabeth Warren. I think maybe she doubles down on this because she lies so much that if she goes out and she's against lying all the time, like part of her policy proposal was for the government to have a Bureau of Truth. And so if you're someone who's going to have a Bureau of Truth, well, you must be an extremely honest and truthful person who never lies about anything. Right. Like the, that's your fight against, uh, against those conspiracy theorists that say that you're not really a Native American. So anyway, that was my number three Dumb bleep of the week. So she was on Fox News. Uh, I see Democratic senator from Massachusetts makes her first appearance on Fox News Sunday. That was March 11, 2018. So she two years ago went on a platform that gives she, a megaphone to racists and conspiracy yes, theorists. 
Yes, huh. she went on the hate for profit machine, Fox News. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. I just can't believe. Like, and, did she read those words, Karen Warren, Karen Elizabeth Warren? <laughs> I like Warden Warren still the best. I Breaking think news. Good. Oh, sorry, it's uh, Warden Elizabeth Karen Warren. Karen's her yep. middle name. Oh, okay, I that's gotcha. what it is. EKW. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Anyway, uh, so number one, Trump and the looters get shooters. And number two was AOC with, have you ever been affected by wage theft? (laughs) (laughs) And number three with, we can't allow politicians to lie without consequences from Elizabeth Warren. So number one, two or three. You guys tell me real quick what you guys think while we're while we're going through that. I'm waiting on you guys to vote. I, th- I thought it was hilarious. I saw a lot of people responding and they were actually like giving out their numbers, which I thought was very important for people to see. Like somebody was saying like, yeah, $300 every two weeks gets stolen out of my paycheck. That's $600 a month. That's uh, what is what would that be? That was $4,000, $5,000 a year something like that. He's like, I could do a lot of things with $5,000. Another guy yeah. was like, yeah, I pay $13,000 a year in taxes. I could do a lot of things with $13,000 if you just give it back to me. And it's like, if you, if pe- more and more people start to realize like all of the money that the government takes for you, like the things that you could do with it that are, would be way more efficient and beneficial. Yes. Some for you, but also for your family and your community, like how much better the world would be if the government didn't extort that from you and then waste a bunch of it and then spend a little bit and be like, well, what would you do without us? What would you do with all this, without all this help that we give you? What about police, which are hated right now? What about police and firefighters and roads? Like, where would you be without the government? It's like, it's uh, I don't even know how to create a good analogy for that. It's like, you know, back in the old days, the old, old days, at least if you read up on medieval times and stuff, you know, the king. You talking about like the 1990s? No, I'm, I'm talking about even in oh, even like the in old, old days, even in medieval times, you know, like the king would have your arm cut off and be like, look, I spared your life. Look at all these good things I did for you. You're not living with the peasants. You're uh, on the floor of the court <laughs> in the castle or whatever. You know, like you're not outside the walls. At least you're protected. Yeah, I cut off your arm. I'm really sorry about that. But, you know, you. That is generally what. Look, the at, go- all, look at all these great things I did for you. How can you not praise me and worship me? Where would you be without me and my good graces? That sounds just like what the government does yeah. typically on a, on, a, on a daily basis. But, you know, oh, yeah, I stole from you and I made your life harder. But look what I've given you in return for your money. Um, not much. Not a whole lot. Not a whole lot whatsoever. So it looks like AOC wins this one. She's got a, a streak going. Now I can't remember if she won the previous week or who actually won it. I think she I think she missed out one week. We did, however, have Elizabeth Warren coming in in second place and Trump in third. But that is the winner of Dumb Bleep of the Week. It Dumb is bleep. AOC with Have You Ever Been Affected by Wage Theft? <laughs> so, guys, good, exciting news. We just locked down Joe Jorgensen, the Libertarian Party candidate for president of the United States, to be on the podcast coming up here soon. We are very excited about that. It's, uh, it, it's you know, after we got off the phone with her campaign manager, I just looked at Charlie and said, you know, we just started this podcast not a long time ago, and here we are, like, 
we've had our favorite podcasters on already, some of the biggest libertarian podcasters on, and now we've got the Libertarian Party presidential candidate coming on. And I just couldn't be more excited. And honestly, we're we're only you know we're only able to keep doing this because of you guys are listening, sharing the show, being Patreon supporters. And this is just who, the beginning, man. We're just starting. You guys we're, are hopping in at the low price. Just starting right now. So it's uh now it's actually you know we got her as soon as she would be able to come on. So it's not next week, um, but it's the following Monday, June eighth. She will be on the podcast. And any of you guys in the Patreon group, I know I've seen a lot of submissions in there, but for questions for us to ask her, uh, if you have uh, anything that you would like her to answer on the podcast, uh, we will go through those things and and ask her all the, you know, any questions that she wants to answer. And, you know, hopefully get the word out. Uh, she seems She seems pretty good. To be honest with you, I don't know a whole lot about her. Um, but we'll be we'll be learning about her, talking to her in person over the phone. So. The one key thing is I, I saw a lot of people call her Ms. Jorgensen. Okay. She is a doctor. Yeah. She has a PhD. So. Dr. Jorgensen. Dr. Jorgensen. So don't mess that up like you did with Ron Paul. Yeah, I won't. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, That was a reminder for myself. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I was saying it out loud for everyone else. Charlie walks up to the man himself and says, Mr. Paul. <laughs> and I was like, Charlie. You can say doctor, you can say congressman, <laughs> you can say sir, you can say all, all kinds of things, your, King? your greatness, Lord, oh, oh <laughs> beloved one, but don't say mister when you walk up I the wrong ball. That's not what you say. I'm turning red. It was an embarrassing <laughs> moment in my life, but uh, I've I, learned and I've grown. Yeah. I've learned and I growed from it. <laughs> All right, guys. So like we said, we're super excited about that. And, um, you know, just as a personal word for you guys, any of you guys think that you could be doing more, start a podcast, start a website, do something to get more information out there. If, if a couple of yahoos like us can start a podcast and be able to, to get people like this on the show, then anyone can do it. You know, they're shaming me here in the live group. Well, yeah, you know, know what? At least I'm not for building giant walls around the around the United States. God. So Okay, you're deflecting. You're, you're deflecting right now. Man, I, I got to push doing. it back on yeah, you. I got you. Yeah. Okay. All right, guys. Man, uh, our, the, the bid price on our friendship level is way I down. Know, yeah. We're on a downtrend I'm right selling, now, for sure. I'm selling this shit. So, uh, all right. I know you got to play golf, so go ahead and close this out. Yeah. Uh, we're still running that contest, by the way, which the drawing takes place on Tuesday. So you guys need to get in on that. It's uh, This will be the last episode, I guess, Nate, unless Nate does one on Monday. This will be the last episode for you guys to get in on the contest that we're running, which is a $500 economic stimulus package from the Good Morning Liberty podcast. And uh, with that $500, you'll also get a lifetime subscription from MasterMyTrades.com, the Liberty Trading Academy. We were talking about stocks as we started this show because Nate and I were both in a position that was running up. It took a little bit of downturn. We were like, ah, oh, sell. And then it just jumped up another $2, which we shouldn't have done. You know, we should have just stayed in. Yeah. But you can learn those types of things and try to figure out the different indicators. It did. Uh, it rejected the downturn, which uh, happens sometimes. But you can analyze these charts. Uh, we both made money on the stock, so it's not like there was any losses. Um, we're not telling you what to trade. We can't tell you what to trade. Uh, but we can show you different indicators, uh, how to read charts and price action. Uh, you can learn the psychology of trading, which is the most important thing to learn. Uh, there's all kinds of things that we start you out from the very basics. And it is the most economically viable class out there. There, These classes go for thousands of dollars a month. 
and we don't charge you any of that. If you win the contest, you get a free lifetime subscription. Uh, so for the contest, go to goodmorningliberty.us slash stimulus, goodmorningliberty.us slash stimulus. You'll need the code word on that page. And the code word is Murica, M-U-R-I-C-A, M-U-R-I-C-A. Murica is the code word that you'll need to enter by going to goodmorningliberty.us slash stimulus to sign up for the contest. If you want a bonus entry, there's only one now because we already reached a hundred reviews on iTunes. So anything over that, you're just going to get one bonus entry, uh, but leave us a rating and review on iTunes. That helps us out a ton. And we're already seeing uh, some great growth for all that you guys do. So you guys sharing the show, leaving ratings and reviews, it's very, very helpful. I know that we're paying you to do that <laughs> by entering <laughs> this contest, but that, this is the great thing about the free market. Like you are getting some value out of it. We're getting value. And that's just the way things work. The podcast is free, you know? So if you guys, uh, please leave us a rating and review, sign up for that contest. Um, and also go to patreon.com slash good morning, Liberty, get in on the live group. Um, that helps us out more than, you know, and as Nate said, like, we're just, we're humbled and thankful that you all continue to listen and share the show. And, you know, we're able to, interview some of our favorite people and get the libertarian presidential nominee on. And we have a lot of big plans in the future. As I said, this is just the beginning. So we, we seriously can't thank you guys enough. We have so much fun doing this. Uh, and we want to keep, we want to keep doing it. So Nate, tell them a little bit more about trading and where to sign up. If they want to get in before well, they can go to master my trades. Cause we do have that com. seven day free trial. Yeah. There's still a seven day free trial on the class. By the way, if you want to sign up, there is a seven day free trial. There's uh, you know, sitting around a hundred videos, something like that on the class, all kinds of stuff from learning how to use a charting platform, learning about how to put in orders, learning how to look at support and resistance, trend lines, all kinds of different patterns and strategies. We try to find strategies, and present strategies to fit your mindset because everyone has got a different brain, a different risk tolerance. So we're trying to help tailor the strategies to the people that are in the class uh, while also presenting the strategies that are tailored best, uh, one for Charlie, one for me. Um, so if you guys are interested in getting involved in that, you can go to mastermytrades.com and you can get a seven-day free trial. Do it. Just go do it. And if you guys do all of that, and I mean all of it. Then we'll be back again. Nate might be back Monday. We'll, be we'll all be here on Tuesday the 2nd to do that live drawing and everything. So I hope you guys have a good day and a good weekend liberty. Liberty.